that's our generational journey. Like, we can bitch about it, we can whinge about it, but this is what we are on the planet for, to change that. Right? Because that has become systemic, and so-called normal is dysfunctional. Everyone's from a dysfunctional fucking family. Right? And, you know, and you think that it was just you, and you were ashamed, you know, because at home, mum and dad yelled at each other, whatever the fuck they did, and you went to school, and you were trembling, and you thought everybody else had wonderful mums and dads, but yours were just fucked up, and you couldn't share that with anyone. Everybody's having that experience. The whole civilization is having the experience. Our religions are wars between mummy and daddy. Politics are left and right screaming at each other across the house, but they're no longer screaming authentically like that. They're now like, the right honorable member from Tumbrook Wells is blah, 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 blah. Lawyers are fighting like that in courts all over the fucking world. That oppositional political stuff is so systemic in our whole civilization and environment that we live in a toxic war all of the time. And then the problem is that we feel like we can change that by not having any more war. Let's just have love and no war. We'll have nonviolent communication. We'll learn practices of communication. We'll learn practices of going up and being in our higher selves. And then what happens to all of that stuff that goes down there? The predator still wins, right? Because if we just go away from our lower chakras in order to be more holy, then we just have the people that have love and sensitivity down there are not fighting it anymore. So the world just runs, and then we go, oh, well, this must be the way the world is. I'll go and make a better world somewhere else. Trouble is, that world is fucking up the whole world. So if there was one energy that's most needed on the planet right now for people who are awake, it's their rage. It's their rage, because the rage can say, fucking no. The rage is your power. It's God's fire for change. And it doesn't just come pure from the heart. It has to be growing. You have to grow your rage. You have to mature your rage. And of course, because it's such a potent energy, just like sexuality, then we've only really learned how to do two things with it. Either run it and indulge it, in which case we become an angry fucking person, just like our mother, just like our father, taking our anger out on other people who are smaller than us, forcing them to do what we fucking want, so that at least we're going to be the dog in the dog, eat, dog world. We're not going to be the, the, the one that's, you know, the victim. We're going to be the perpetrator. Okay, that's one way. The other way is I'm going to be holier than my rage. I'm not going to do to my children what was done to me. I'm not going to do to others what was done to me, so I'm going to use all of my rage to stop me being rage. I'm going to use all of my rage to prevent rage. Okay, it's actually a better use than just indulging it, but it's like saying, okay, sex is out of control, so I'm going to be celibate. I'm not going to have any sex because sex has obviously got me into trouble. I got laid once, and Eros overcame me, so from now on, fuck Eros, you know. So, rage was used against me, you know, like in my household, my mother would beat us, you know, and, and the, 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 as a child, you know, that see it, watching your mother's eyes, this person who's supposed to love you and look after you, go fucking crazy as she beat you, like, that's pretty scary. That's why kids like Roald Dahl in the, in the horror story books, because every kid knows what it's like when the person that they feel safe with turns into the one that is 
trying to kill them. You know, that's what it feels like as a child. So we live in that. that that's what's out there. And it, it's turned into something else. Now it's wars and tanks and whole systems and civilization that has now rationalized and has lawyers and has fucking books and constitutions that make a dysfunctional way of being normal. So when the soul starts to mutiny against that and wants to access our rage, we start to feel there's something wrong with me. I remember wandering out in the world at 17 and wandering in Europe and my journals was full of like, fuck, either I'm fucked or the world's fucked. And I chose for a while to think I was fucked because I didn't have, didn't have anyone to say, actually, what you're feeling is functionally healthy. You're feeling a healthy rage that you don't want this. You're rejecting this because this is fundamentally not the soul. So without the rage, we can't create a new civilization because the rage is the energy that says no to that. The rage is the energy that Kristen was contacting today that actually even in a three-year-old or a five-year-old can say, Mommy, stop hitting me! Get your fucking hands off me! This is not love. Like that can come out of a three-year-old or a five-year-old. It sometimes does. And that's the beginning of setting your own emotional boundaries. So your emotional reality can be separate from the world around you. If you don't have strong boundaries emotionally, if you can't use your rage to say, fuck off, then you are going to either be forced into one of those two places of either receiving it and then somehow trying to overcome the fact that you have just been hurt and abused and somebody has violated your energy system with theirs, and now you're going to have to be nice because now you're disguising the fact that down below you're full of fucking rage, but your identity won't let you own that rage because then you won't be a nice person anymore. You'll be just like mom or dad or fucking society. So now you're caught in the new age superficial smile, positive affirmations, sitting on the top of a boiling fucking volcano of your own rage. Okay? So, and is that normal? That's fucking part of the dysfunction. And those people are going to talk about love while down beneath they're seething with rage. How is that ever going to work? It's not going to fucking work. So sealing the solar plexus this way so that you can just live above it doesn't produce a healthy society. Only on the higher planes. It can be love and light up there, but down here is just fucking chaos and rage. And you are part of the problem because your rage is now not only just being expressed so that you can feel shame when your kids look at you and go, what the fuck are you doing? But now you can pretend you don't even have it. You can pretend that it's not your rage. So that doesn't work. Bypass of it doesn't work. What does work? Like, what is this energy for? Just like, what is sexual energy really for? What is the eros of cosmos? What is the rage of cosmos? Like, it's not just some misfunction that we feel this energy. It's actually an energy that we're supposed to feel, but no one's told us how to enjoy feeling it and how to feel it in such a way that it changes our world. Because with the rage, we can say, it's our body telling us something's happening to us that is not okay with us. That's what the rage is really saying. It's not saying there's something wrong with someone else. It's saying there's something not okay with me and my system. So the first use of rage is to be able to say no for yourself, which is very different from attacking someone else. 
It's defense, not offense. It's rage as defense that says, this is my territory. I have a right to say what energies come in and, and, and go out of me. I have border control. And you can't just cross my borders without consciousness, without meeting me. So that's the rage as a no. When you can use it as a no, then you can also use it as a yes. And there's a big you know, time coming in the world so where revolution is inevitable. But the question is, are you going to be in it or not? And my advice to people is, don't be in the revolution. And don't be in the opposite of the revolution. Like, find a third way. And the third way is what has how rage will guide you. Because all through history, this is what's happened, is the control of civilization that started back when Saturn took over from Uranus, civilizational control has periodic upheavals. You know, they chop off all of the heads of the last rulers, and then what? They replace them with something equally as bad, normally. Right. One of the great tragedies for me last year was being in Egypt and uh, taking teaching to Egypt and, and, and the Arab uprising that happened in 2011 or whatever, the first time, you know, when I was teaching there, felt really good. 50% of the people are under 25. Um, they overthrow the whatever is and whoever was in charge. And now it's worse. It's worse. So this is the perpetual process. So revolution doesn't work because all you're doing is saying fuck you. Brexit is a form of fuck you. Donald Trump's a form of fuck you. The fuck you is rising in the world. And the fuck you, you know, is whether it's the Occupy movement or whatever it is, any fuck you that's coming from you, the authorities, are bad, we are going to deal with you because we are good it's all going to produce the same stuff because it's duality. So what is there a third way? What is the other option beyond either trying to repress rage, which is the civilization out there, or use it to overthrow the system, which is the revolution that's coming? So the third way is coming with the fourth ray and in the time space of the planet, 2025 is the the focal point. There's a huge astrological transit in 2020, Pluto and Saturn. So these are the forces of revolution and repression. So they produce wars, they produce revolutions. So those are big transits. They happen every, you know, 150 years or 200 years or whatever, and that's coming 2020. There's three of them. So from January through to the American elections and the end of 2020. We have, time-wise on the planet, powerful forces of opposition that are going to do something around the overthrow of the political and economic regime that the planet is under. We don't know what that's going to look like yet, but if you know, deep astrology can tell that it's coming. And that will prepare the way for 2025. And so part of people who are a little bit ahead of the curve you know, let's say we're maybe a little bit ahead of the curve because we're privileged enough to be able to do that. What is the third way? And, you know, make love, not war, is, has got a partial truth in it. Partial truth is if you can take rage and bring it to the heart, 
If you can take rage and bring it to the heart and turn it into courage to step out as a soul in the world, as the love you are, as the freedom that you are, then you have a chance of being the third way and a chance of helping the new civilization rather than just be the wrecking ball of the old or the, you know, the, 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 the holders out of the old culture. So people are going to start to be polarized and the polarization is going to happen in the political domain in American politics. It's going to happen in, you know, the, the, the ongoing war on terror versus the, you know, the, 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 the old civilization uses a, a number of different techniques. One is, we know you're all afraid of dying. And so, if, as long as there's a fear of death, we will now need to deepen our control. Because we control against the fear of death. So that will be the, the move. It's an old move from the established uh, political system, which will be like, we need to protect you, so therefore chaos is happening, so we need more control. And then the revolution will just have its really militant end, and then its very passive end, which will be just basically, fuck you. You know, like, we're done with control. These energies and forces in the lower um, nature that are irrational, um, that don't make sense, they've just had enough. They're done, and so they're coming up and the planet is rising up through the animals of human beings to say, fuck off with your mind. So those are the polarities. But the third way is those who have integrated their rage, brought it to their heart, brought down their soul, and are able to step onto the, out on the planet as the love, which is the part of the new civilization. So it's not a fight against the old, and it's not business as usual. In order to get there, you've got to have used your rage to say no to business as usual. We're all in that journey somewhere ourselves. All in that journey of saying, we're hooked up still in the system, one way or another. So how do we say no to the energetic behind the system? And at the same time, say yes to something more important to us. Because the no to that is a yes to something. And what is that yes? That yes is to the life of the soul and to the love and to what it is that we know deep in our hearts we have come to bring. When you say yes to that, then you have to face your own fear of death because how will I be exiled from a whole survival system that I'm hooked into if I show up for what I know to be deeply true to me, I am not going to be along in that system anymore and that system will send its white blood cells to get me to evict me. We all have that fear that they will find out. They will come for you. And then when they come for you, you're fucked. So this is like the Second World War. 10,000 Germans controlled the whole of France. So they controlled the whole of France because they had guns and they had organization. But if, I don't know, 20 million Frenchmen or whatever all walked out the door and said, fuck you. You can shoot me, but actually we are not going to be controlled by 10,000 people with guns then the guns would have gone, right? So we're in that situation. And everyone is in their own little house wondering, if I walk out, maybe I'll be the only one. Maybe they'll just shoot me. Well, that wouldn't be worth it, you know, so maybe I won't walk out. We'll wait for the revolution. But actually, this revolution is coming by the decisions inside every heart all over the world of hundreds of thousands of people now who know they are loved, who know that that system is not something that they signed up for or want, that they know they're here for something else, and they're making the decision, regardless of the consequences to them, to open their door and walk out. 
And when that becomes visible in the world, we will see the culture that's coming. At the moment, we can't see it because the media doesn't show it. The media just shows the drama that's going on in the world. But millions of people are sowing the seeds of the new civilization. They're just under the radar. And so a lot of our work in the world is to connect those people up, help them find each other. That's what soul family is, to find the people that are making the same choice that you're making and get enough courage together to see ourselves globally, to see ourselves as who we really are, which is people without a political lobby, without economic wealth, without all of the things of the other civilization, but something way more powerful. First of all, we have the entire universe on our side because the universe is evolutionary and the civilization on the planet is way past its used-by date. How do we know? Look around. The civilization is causing huge pain and suffering to everyone within it and everyone outside of it. Sure sign when a person comes, came to me as a psychotherapist once upon a time and I could see that everything in their life was breaking down, the only thing that they really needed to do was transform themselves. So our society needs transformation. We are agents of that transformation. We have to own that, remember that, step out, and find the other people that are stepping out with us. So part of the, the um, plan a few of us are hatching for 2020 is this wild love movement. So every movement like the 60s and anything else needs to first see itself. It needs to have someone to write the songs of the movement. It needs to have people stand up and be seen and be visible so other people then stand up and be seen and be visible. That's what a movement is. The soul of the world is moving. And as it's moving, it's lifting itself through hearts, millions of hearts all over the world, whispering inside their heart, you were, you were here for something more. Be who you are. Be who you came to be. That's what it's saying inside us. And when we listen to that and we move towards that, we feel our fear. And what do we need to offset the fear? We need our courage. And where does courage come from? It comes from unleashing our rage. So if you haven't found your rage, you're also not probably going to be able to have the courage to walk out your door. And realizing that you are the only one that decides whether you walk out the door. A charismatic speaker can encourage you to walk out the door, but you have to make the choice. And that choice will only come if you have enough fuck you energy to charge the battlefield. Like it's that exhilaration of saying, I'm on for this. This is, the, this is the game I came for. And actually anything less than this does not give me peace. Does not mean that I can sit in my survival world and feel like I'm a whole human being because that's not my journey. So if it is your journey, you have to find other people who is that's a journey and you have to find the courage. And that courage will come from your age. And the rage will come from letting yourself feel authentically everything that's happened to you that is not fucking okay. And everything that's happening out there in the world that is not okay with you. Not on my planet. Okay, so if you are powerful, yes, you're one cell in the human race, and they like to tell you you're powerful because you can vote. But if you are truly powerful, then your cell is not just your cell, your cell is the whole planet. You are the whole being. 
Humanity lives in each of our hearts. That's what we get to at the core of our hearts. And when we get to the core of our hearts, we find not just what I love, but love itself. When we get to the core of me, my, eth my egocentric world becomes ethnocentric, becomes world-centric, then I am the planet. And when I am the planet, speaking as the planet, I have choice how I want this planet to be. And my rage comes up when I see things happening that I didn't say yes to. Did you say yes to these things? If we didn't say yes to them, then we feel powerless because there's only one of us. But if we are the whole, we have the divine right to say no to what we don't want. For the whole planet, not just for our own lives and not just in Haydn and not just in our families, but you have a right to say and speak for the whole earth. That's power. That's the beginning of true power. And that power comes from involving yourself in and as the planet and making those choices inside yourself. So how we unlock our rage is critical to our hearts because the rage is the fuel for our hearts that allows our hearts to step out into the world. Of course, consciousness is amazing, knowing your sole purpose, having like connection with the subtle worlds and so on, but they won't open the door. And one of the things that stops most people who are spiritually awakened from truly living their truth is fear. And fear needs courage, and courage comes from rage. So if you have fear to emerge, if you have fear about survival, if you have fear about any of these these um, huge things to be afraid of. To live your own life is a radical political act. To live your own life is a radical political act. And so it brings up fear, because we're community organisms, we're, 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 we're tribal, we're, we come from herds. So to stand up for yourself in the world and to know who you are and to be who you are at the risk of exile and death, fear. And the only thing to meet the fear is not love, Love's not enough. It's love fueled by your rage. Love fueled by your rage. So war is the result of that rage spilling out in unloving ways. So what we're trying to do here is go access that rage, feel it, and feel the relief. Like, did you feel the relief today when Josh and Tuji got up of fuck, there's, there's the very thing, two alpha males clashing over something that produces in our child that vibration of, oh my God, it's not safe. And they ended up laughing, and there was more love in the room. Oh my God, what a relief that actually this aspect of human, um, animal, human behavior of being angry can actually be a positive thing, can actually produce clearing and release and laughter and ease. Because there's no ease if you know it's happening underneath the radar, but nobody's sharing it. There's no ease if you know there's anger in the group that could erupt at any moment and nobody's speaking about it. That's not safe. And it's also not safe if, if anyone could just walk in and dominate others with their rage use their rage to make others feel small, to dominate them, to, to push their point of view on them, that doesn't feel safe either. So a third way, a third culture is, 
yes to rage, just like yes to death, yes to everything that there is on this planet, but bring it to love. Put it in service of love. How do we put our eros in service of love? How do we put our rage in service of love? So tonight, we're going to do an erotic temple. And it's going to be a temple of lovemaking. And so that's the other thing that sometimes doesn't feel safe is sexual energy that's in the field that we don't, that isn't, that's hidden. Rage that's hidden and eros is hidden. We've hidden and repressed these energies. So what we want to do is bring them out and celebrate them. Celebrate eros. Celebrate rage. But what stops eros and rage just then creating fires that burn out of control and affect the heart negatively? It's what they serve. And so there's been a whole movement on the planet, sacred sexuality, that's been about taking the sexual energy up and using it to expand consciousness into the subtle worlds. Beautiful. It's a, but it's also a colonization of our sexual energy. And then the reverse is our sexual energy uses all of higher consciousness to get laid. You know, and this is the, you know, the New Age Tantra movement crystal dude guy who you know, is using a lot of chakra breathing now to have more sex. Okay, great. It's still the use of one by the other. How do we fuse them in the heart? And this is the difference between sex magic and soul magic. Yeah. What's I, I can't hear you. Putting away our needs. Yeah, putting away our needs or putting ourselves in the flow of something higher. Because we all know that after the marriage, the divine child comes out, the divine child has the universe as his inheritance, cosmic mother, father. When you put yourself as the source of love, all of your petty little problems disappear. Because as the source of love, as love moves through you, the feeling of loving is just as good when it's moving through your heart that way as it is when it's coming into your heart. So instead of wandering around in your need, looking for love, hoping for love, da, 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 you be love, you're experiencing love. So if you put your rage and your eros, these energies that people find very hard to unpack, if you put them in service of love, love will use them. And as love uses them, they will ex you will experience the healthy use of that energy. Because there is no models for the healthy use of it. That society is showing us the unhealthy use. The healthy use of it is when you use the power of your eros and the power of your rage for love to penetrate your world. So that's what we're trying to do with this wild love movement. Imagine this fire, which is unstoppable, sparking all over the world and sparking other people to just emerge wherever they are. So we're going to do a road trip around Europe and go, look, we're just going to take love on the road and encourage people all over the world. Just take three months between these two major transits in June to September 2020. Just... Just for that time, just take three months, resign from anything. Anything that's to do with the old world. Anything to do with making money, anything to do with, you know, philosophy. Anything to do with civilization. And just go and spend three months being love. That's all you need to do. No, you don't have to do anything other than that. Be wild love in the world. And then put it on Facebook or make a video of whatever it is that wild love has taken you to and let the people all over the world that are actually here for love see each other. Then you have a movement. Then you have something that 
has, has got legs in the world because it's happening anyway, but we're just making it visible. So, lovemaking temple. How do we take the lovemaking that's happening anyway and celebrate it and make it more visible? So, sex magic, um, in the way that the body-mind uses it, is let's make love so I can get my Ferrari. Okay, let's, let's make love so that I can bring in the ideal person into my world. Or let's make love and have sex so that I can make money because I want X, Y, Z. So this is sex magic, which is a form of black magic. Let's call it gray magic. Anytime that the body-mind uses the power of the soul and sex for its own purposes, based upon the illusion of separation and the wounded self, it's working against the evolution of cosmos. Even if you're successful, you're working against the energies of cosmos, which basically say, it's all yours. You don't have to manipulate the universe to give you what you want, because it's all yours. If you just give up the very core part of you that thinks that you're worthless and that you don't matter because mummy didn't love you and blah, 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 if you give up the core of your body-mind, you inherit the whole fucking kingdom. But as long as you're busy with a wounded separate self trying to manipulate your environment to meet your survival needs, you have set yourself against cosmic law. And you are, still, and you are using just a fragment of the power of cosmic law to sustain your illusion. Like, we get that. That's what the body-mind that's not solarized does is it sets itself up because it is a fragment of the divine and it sets itself up in its own separate little universe and then it uses its powers to manipulate the world around it to ensure its survival. That's the, the, the breakout of that illusion is the breakout back into the soul, which is like, oh, I always was love. I always was free. The whole universe is, are my parents designed for my play and my enjoyment and my flowering of who I am in the world. So that's the truth. So now, I don't need to manipulate anyone. I don't need to manipulate my environment. I don't need to charismatically convince them my story. I don't need to, to prove my self-worth by doing something. I just am already everything. Now I can begin to play. My life can begin to be a life of play not proving that I matter and not proving that I'm lovable. So now, how do you use sex magic? And how do you use soul magic? Now you're using these energies for more love, to generate even more love. They're fuel for love. So you're bringing the sexual energy to the heart and you're bringing your soul energy to the heart and you're flowering love. So now your sexual energy is a prayer. And what was that prayer for? Like, who, if, if we are the soul and we don't want to go fix all of the shit that's broken, what's our prayer? What's our power of using sex and soul? What do we want to give to others? Kind of a rhetorical question, right? But if our temple was for that, so our temple was a celebration of lovemaking and eros, designed to pour out into the world and generate more love. Sounds very airy-fairy, but it's actually something real. 
when you felt the energy in the temple last night, when you feel that energy of like all of a sudden everybody is lifted and radiant, and what are they in? They're in this energy of love, which is buddhic energy flowing through the heart chakra, which is creating a field where everything remembers, everything in that field remembers the truth of its nature as love. So all of our brothers and sisters all over the world are somewhere inside them is the soul waiting for the water. Waiting for the water of life, which is the Aquarian dispensation. Pour forth the waters of life. So that life is actually energy. And when the soul feels that energy, it feels like, oh, maybe this is my planet after all. Maybe I can emerge as the soul that I am in the world. So the idea is to create a temple using our sexual magic and our soul magic to generate for ourselves and for all of those that we're connected to in the world more love. And then 2020 and 2025 and the next decade on the planet, that love has to break forth everywhere. And it isn't a philosophy. It's an actual energy that you can feel in your body and you can feel when it's present and when it's not and you can feel when you're aligned with it and when it's not and you can help others align with that and feel it and spread it. So that's how the temples, the love-making temples, are actually generators of the very energy of the civilization that's to come and why there needs to be so many of them around the world because that's where the generation happens. It happens in the mystery schools. All mystery schools and temples generate the next civilization. So, would you like to have play that tonight? Yes. Okay, so in order to get there, in order to get to the place where we can begin to make love, we have to not be the man or a woman. We have to not be an identity. Okay, because what lovemaking is, is two identities that are opposite coming together and dissolving so that love can be present. So part of erotic attraction, remember, is the coming together of opposites. So one of the fast ways is to break down anywhere where our identity is stuck. We may have married ourselves, but bits of us are still there. So one of the classic ones is being stuck in your gender. Okay, Men thinking they are men because they're in a male body and women thinking they are women because they're in a female body. So we thought this afternoon we might work with the genders. And then the question is just going to be whether we can work with the genders in each other's presence or whether we need some time apart. And the critical point for both men and women is to find anywhere where your identity is stuck in being in a male or female body and nuke it. So for men, when I take them on this journey, it's normally like, okay, let's just go straight to the root. Get penetrated by another man. And then all of your homophobic fears about your identity of who you are and are you gay or not, like, all gone. All gone because the worst thing that could happen has happened. Your identity that's based on being a man because you're not a woman and you came out of a woman's body, but now you're... All of that's gone because you, don't, you can't any, any more sit inside yourself and base your identity based on who's fucking who, how, you know, whose cock goes into who. You, you can't base your identity on that anymore. Gone. And for a woman that's often, uh, in a woman's body, it's often got to do with the relationship with 
something that seems opposite. So for a man, he comes out of a woman's body, he's in a male body, and then um, his father's often distant, there's no initiated men around, so if he just follows his body, then his body tells him he's a woman, because he came out of a woman's body, just follows his lineage back to woman, which is why homophobia is so much more prevalent in men than women. Or if he tries to become a man, he has to either be like his father or the opposite, uh, or he has to dominate woman by projecting his feminine outside. These are all of the choices men make in the world. And part of freeing men from their gender identity is actually dropping them in as souls in male bodies beyond the story of gender and attraction. So often for a woman, though, she comes out of a woman's body. So male bodies are actually very much more strange. And the first male body that's really strange is normally the father. And most fathers do not have an appropriate um, knowledge of how to interact with their daughters, particularly when their sexual energy comes on. So already the girl is like, well, this is a strange being that I've got to relate to in a male body, so I'm going to reach my energy of connection towards him, which is fine, maybe I'll be a princess or whatever, but then at a certain stage I have erotic energy, and now the father either normally distances, which it makes the wound even greater, of like, what's, I can't relate to this other body, or inappropriately connects energetically, which creates another kind of wound. So often in a woman's body, connecting with male bodies is, is full of the trauma of separation and abandonment and anxiety and um, love, whether or not there is an experience of love. So we can play with the fact that we are souls, but because we are in these bodies, and these bodies have hormones and biology, and because the relationship of our consciousness to the body that we're in produces unique experiences in society, sometimes it's best to do gender work separately and then come together. So what we'd like to do anyway this afternoon is clear anything that we've got around gender with each other. I didn't understand. So what women do to clear their goals? What's that? I can't hear you. I didn't understand what the women do to clear their I, I don't know what they're going to do either. And I also don't really know what the men are going to do. I'm, I'm laying out some things that I have done. Um, but basically, the purpose of the afternoon is to clear the parts of your identity that are stuck in either the body that you are inhabiting or your concept of gender. And the fastest way to do that in embodiment practice is go to your deepest fears and desires go to the places that you are most afraid of because they threaten your sense of self, and change them. Going for it. What's that? You mean going for it, experiencing what you are most afraid of? Yeah, meeting, meeting what you are most afraid of, or what is most alien to you. Because what we often do with our old identity is we set up patterns of relating with others that reinforce our identity. And if we want to experience being free, then we have to challenge our identity with its opposite. So the invitation is to do the opposite and engage in an opposite way that you would normally do. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, wherever your identity now is, engage the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Confused about, for me, the mother piece. Yes. How do I work with that? Or is this purely just about... 
You mean being a mother of a boy? Just, uh, well, I, like, mother is part of how I identify myself. Am I trying to work with that piece or more like my gender piece as I relate to others with Eros and not the mother piece? Well, you can do, you can do either. Whatever, wherever your identity is most kind of lodged and feeling into you this morning, you being a mother is very linked to your experiencing having a mother. In other words, sometimes we, be, we become that which we are the opposite of. So if your identity is tied into your relationship with your mother, then be the child to your mother rather than being the mother to your child. It's the opposite role. Clear the issue you have as a child with your mother, and that will change your, relation, your identity as a mother with your child. So you can, all that you're doing is you're playing with the opposite. This is the day of Mars where you have the courage to meet your worst fears and your worst fears are normally the opposite of everything you think you are because they challenge your identity. So you're going to have lunch, you're going to have time with your opposite number on the mandala. And once again, you know, part of the power of opposition is that you have the courage to meet, you with the, meet someone with the, your full authenticity. And what can go on inside us is like, well, actually, I've heard this story from this person three times before, and I really think they're full of shit. But I'm going to nod my head and go, yeah, yeah, because this is what we do, you know? Rather than go, you know what, what's happening inside me when I'm listening to you is I'm wrestling with these feelings that you're full of shit. I'm not saying you're full of shit. I'm just wrestling with these. This is, these are the thoughts that are going on inside me. And authentically, I, I think that there's something that, that I'm not saying to you. So we're starting to actually open up our insides as a calibrated system that is responding emotionally to the person in front of us and being willing to show them our truth. Like you today, Mike, when, when you got up and like, meet me halfway, and someone said, meet yourself. So, you know, can I give you a reflection right now as soon as I'm looking at you? Yeah, so my reflection to you is that the part of you that wants to meet everybody else, that part's bullshit. That part's inauthentic, and nobody wants to meet it. So even if that part met everybody and proved to everyone that it was a great guy, it still wouldn't be anything. So I feel for you, my feeling is that you need to break down who you are and allow something on the inside to reach through you to meet others rather than have demanding other people come and not be able to tell you the truth, which is that the you that wants to meet them is inauthentic and bullshit. So there's an example. That's a, I gave you as an example of letting you know what the truth is inside me that I wouldn't otherwise say. And then you can take that away and see if it resonates or not. So start to give each other dark feedback, which is not the, the feedback of, you know, like projection. It's the feedback of like, I'd rather not say this because it kind of opens me up and makes me vulnerable and risks you not liking me, but actually this is my truth about you. Yeah, but I want to say that this is great to do, but also respecting the boundaries. Like, for instance, in the pod, uh, in those five minutes, I just want to talk my things, even if it's something that it's body-mind. Sure, say, you have the right to. about that, and then ask if you want to receive Right, so I asked him if he wanted a reflection, yeah. right? So, so respecting That's other people. That, but, but how you know it's projection is somebody just overrides your boundaries and just does it anyway. 
So respect people's boundaries, but this is the day for that. This is the day where you sit with your opposite and you give each other permission to tell each other the truth. Remembering that they're there to support you in your journey and you ask them at the beginning to challenge you about the things that you wanted. Okay, so this is your day to, to stir that pot. And also careful of the place where the body-mind picks up a protection. You know, it's beautiful to have boundaries, but when you're actually in this field for a long, longer period of time like we are now, it's sort of protections just fucking drop away. Like mm. We're seeing each other deeply in soul level anyway, so that part that wants to like... Yeah, but what, I, what I'm also saying is that sometimes the feedback I receive, it feels like uh, um, it's, uh, uh, that the person is trying to be the rescuer, the one that knows everything and knows how to help me. And so this is but this is projection, and everybody everybody is going to um, everybody is going to mature their capacity to give feedback, and people are going to be caught for a while between their emotional dramas and actually giving clear feedback from the heart. So to give a direct arrow from the heart takes time. Uh, lots of hands are going up. I, I don't want to go there because this is um, this is actually the the energy of activation. Okay, what I'd like, what I'd prefer you do is actually put your head down. I'm not going to answer your question. Just put it down on the. Yeah, that would be fine. So what we're going to do is have a little time in polarity. What time do we have? Is somebody got a? Yeah, it's half past twelve. Half past twelve. Okay, you're going to have half an hour. You're going to be in your new pods. Okay, your new pods. And you're just going to practice a little dark feedback. And I'm going to give you a couple of hints. Dark feedback makes you vulnerable. Okay, it's not coming from your frustration and your anger at somebody and wanting them to get what you see about them. Okay, dark feedback is coming from not having to give them the feedback, probably not even wanting to, which is different from that energy of like, I've got to fucking give you this feedback. It's the... The real dark feedback is not like, I need to tell you this because I'm activated, because that's actually something about me. Real dark feedback is, and real dark feedback is, I'm going to tell you the thing that I wouldn't tell you about you because it would make me feel less of myself or maybe make you feel less of me. So I'm going to make myself vulnerable by sharing this truth with you. Okay? It's different from an activated arrow. Which is not to say that you can't stand up when things activate you in the world and speak your truth and so on, but that's not what I'm asking you to do right now. I'm asking you to do it from a vulnerable place of finding the thing that you feel in response to that person, but that you are, have been afraid to say. Because it affects you, and it affects whether they like you or not. Okay, so break into your pods. And everyone will just have one chance to have a round of that, a few minutes each.